Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. Oh, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McCormick. As always, you can find me at Real Sean McCormick on Instagram. You can find the podcast, all the quotes, tons of cool stuff. Uh, I post a lot, actually, on the Optimal Performance Podcast on Instagram, Optimal Performance Podcast. And uh, I'm going to just, we're going to jump really quickly into this episode. But before I do that, I wanted to remind you again, and I'm going to keep reminding you just kind of briefly here as we uh, keep as we sort of tease this thing out, if you want to be a part of the the first version, uh, a really cool first test, um, that's something that's going to be rolled out at a massive scale that I think a lot of people are going to really love, I would love for you to connect with me. Just send me an email, sean at seanmccormick.com, and just say, yeah, I want to participate. I've gotten a whole bunch of people who have already said that they wanted to be in. Um, we're probably going to cap at like 100. Uh, so um, send me your email. You can DM me on Instagram. You can hit me up on Instagram, or you can just send me an email and just say, hey, I want to be a part of it, and I will include you. More information to come, but it's going to be really worth your while. It's free, and it's going to include some opportunities for you to do some custom uh, wellness and some custom performance stuff for yourself. And I'd love to share it with you. So I look forward to connecting. On today's episode, we're joined by Justin Stenstrom. He's the host of the Elite Man podcast. He's the author of Elite Mind, and um, he also started the Elite Man magazine. He's got a ton of great guests on this episode, and it's really kind of what like really drew me to him. Um, he's just got so many cool guests, John Gray, Anthony William, uh, Matt Maruca, people in performance and, and biohacking and optimization. Um, he's he's a down-to-earth guy, uh, and he and I had a really cool conversation just about um, this is obviously kind of focused for the fellas. Um, we talk a little bit about you know how he transcended some of uh, some of his own personal blockages around tra- um, depression and anxiety and um, and sort of you know came into his own and has a lot of cool stories to show we t- uh, stories t- to share uh, we, we talk a little bit about relationships we talk a little bit about what what every guy needs right now in this moment to, to really kind of step up and be your best. We talk about how important it is um, to really uh, express your opinion um, and to say it boldly because um, we should be able to um, take other people's opinions and if they hold up, cool. And if they don't, then you can just do away with them. But it's still the importance of speaking your mind and and allowing yourself to be heard is really important. So we talk a little bit about um, why it's less and less okay to, quote, be a man and um, uh, how you can honor your manhood gracefully. This was a swap cast. He and I recorded uh, this short episode, and then we switched the microphones, and he recorded me for his uh, podcast. So you can follow his podcast and listen to uh, my appearance on his episode if you want. Um, really cool, really cool episode. Really down to earth. It's just like, you know, um, like you're sitting around just, just you know, shooting the shit with a friend. So... Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you enjoy this episode with Justin Stenstrom. 
And we're here with Justin Stenstrom, who is the author of Elite Mind and the host of the Elite Man podcast. Justin, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thanks for having me on, Sean. I'm excited for this. This is good. Uh, we we should tell people. We just did rock, paper, scissors. We're going to do like a swap. I'm going to interview you, and then you're going to interview me. And we did rock, paper, scissors to see who goes first. And we, we did like the same. We tied for what, like five rounds, so... Yeah, four or five rounds. It was crazy. So we think alike. Great minds think alike, John. That's, that's good. <laughs> so I like to start with the same first question for for each episode, um, just to get an idea. And you know, since you're you've been featured in Men's Health, you know, um, men's performance, men's mentality is a, is a big thing for you. Uh, I'll give you the first question that I usually do. What time is it where you are right now, and what have you put into your body today? It's 5.15 right now, Eastern time in Boston, Mass., just outside of Boston, Mass. And actually, I'm starving right now because I was kind of running a couple minutes late. I told you before, I'm in the middle of a move, so I've been kind of rushing around and you know, not eating everything I should. But, but um, today, so far, I've had a giant smoothie. I, well, first of all, I had celery. I had celery juice every morning, which ah. you know, there's a lot of crazy trends that pop up and you know, here and there, and they come and go. Celery is not one of those trends. It's actually one of the best things, in my opinion, that you can do for yourself every day. So I have celery juice every single morning, no matter what. And then right after that, probably 15, 20 minutes after that, I'm having a giant smoothie shake with wild blueberries in it, spirulina, dolts, um, oranges, banana, all kinds of stuff that's just incredible for your body. It's probably about 1,000 calories of that. And that was about, well, probably three hours ago now, and I had a couple bananas after that. And like I said, I should have eaten before a few more bananas or you know some snacks, but I kind of skipped out, and I'll have that right after this call. Nice. Okay. And then what are you looking forward to for dinner? So for dinner today is, uh, I think I got lined up some chicken breasts, um, very, you know, lean chicken breasts. There's not, there's not kinds of grease on it. It's not like fried, um, just baked chicken breast with some rice and probably broccoli for a side and I'll load up on that and feel good. So I'm one of those guys who's, as you can kind of tell, I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables throughout the day, yeah. but I also still keep my meats in there as well. And uh, I actually was vegan for about six months, raw vegan strict, and I felt good with you know in terms of healing things and you know that kind of thing. But I actually feel a lot better bringing the meat back into my life and being on that as well. So I do both of them. It's more like the first half is like more vegetarian kind of uh, fruits and veggies, and then after that, it's more like meat. And I'll have some lentils later on after that as well. Nice, nice. Are, did you do you follow? I forget the name of the guy who's like the the celery juice advocate. Is it Brian William or something like that? Anthony William. Anthony yeah, William. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, I, I had him on, had him on my show before too. He's a great guy, like one of the nicest guys. But he's honestly one of the only people I really follow as far as health goes these days. Uh-huh. And there's a as you as you know, Sean, you're you're very well educated in this field. There's a lot of people out there. I don't I don't call I don't want to call them fraudsters or like scam artists because I think they mean well and I think they have some of their information is actually really good. But I think overall, they um they're not legit as far as like seeing results across, you know, their fields when they're helping different people. This guy, Anthony Williams is one of the few guys who you go on his Instagram, you go on his Facebook, there's thousands and thousands of people every few days, just like posting all their like crazy reversing, you know, all kinds of chronic conditions left and right. This guy's legit. And he actually, you know, we can dive into that if you want to go that route, but he actually helped me reverse a, a really serious chronic condition two years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, let's. I, I I probably do want to make my way back to that. I but the the yeah. fact you're right. Uh, this thing or that thing is a cure all. This is panacea. You know, there's lots of people that that, that purport this this one extreme you know way of dieting repairs and heals. 
Um, you know, the fact that he's an intuitive practitioner and brings, you know, a, a sort of spiritual um, um, aspect to it, I think turns people off. But when you have that many people that are like, oh my God, this totally works for me, then it kind of, yeah. the proof is in the pudding. You got to follow the breadcrumbs, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be honest, it's just like someone who's more like a skeptic naturally and someone who's looking for the science and the data and the studies. I was actually a little turned off in the beginning because of that as well. Like I'm like someone who's more practical. Like this guy talks to a spirit and gives him crazy information and like, you know, it's basically like talking to God, he, he says, essentially. And it's like, you know, that turned me off as well. But then like the more I looked into, I'm always, I'm a skeptic with someone with an open mind. So like trying all these other different things out there that didn't work for years. And I'm like, what the hell? I'll try this guy out. And I'm like, I have that open mind, but I'm still very skeptical until I start trying it and trying it and trying it for like a few weeks. And then I'm like, holy shit, this actually works. Like it's legit. And then I see all the other people doing it. And then six months later, a year later, I'm like, this changed my life. It's actually legit. Oh, that's cool. That's so cool. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it's, it's the foundation of, you know, in my mind, the performance, you know, what do you, what do you put in to fuel your body? How do you, how do you continue the energy? You know, it, it seems like now so many people, they want to have, they want to perform at a high level. They want to be happy and healthy. They want to have the energy to do stuff, but that's just not there. They're distracted or, or tired or overstressed, which kind of brings me to my, to, to one of my questions for you is, you know, um, being that you're, you know, sort of an expert in, 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 in men's performance, uh, what, what are, what can guys be doing right now? Uh, are there a couple of things that men specifically can be doing to just keep their shit together? I mean, like, are, are there, are there, an, is it, is it diet, is it exercise, sleep, is it love? Like what in your mind is some of the most important things that, that men can do to, to stay in their power and, and perform at a high level during this wacky time in the world? Yeah. Well, first of all, it's, it's all of those things that you mentioned. It's diet, it's exercise, it's sleep. I think you said love. Did, did that come out? <laughs> yeah. It's definitely that as well. You know, you got to stay on top of that, especially relationship-wise, especially in a time like this, like the shutdown and everything where a lot of people are isolated and you don't necessarily have the ability to go out and meet people like you did six months ago. It's now more – it's more important now than ever to make those connections and go out of your way. Like even like dating, something as stupid as dating, going to like online dating like apps and like kind of getting yourself out there. Whereas before it was like, yeah, that's kind of lame. It's not really for me. I can go to the bar. I can hang out with my friends. I can do this. I can do that. You don't really have many many of those options anymore. So just setting yourself up and kind of thinking outside the box, you, you kind of need that social connectivity that you're lacking. Many people are lacking these days, especially as a man. Um, but yeah, so you need all those things. The diet we, we kind of talked about and what I recommend, and you know, the supplements and the nutrients, you, you know all about that as well. Um, eating healthy and, you know, cutting out a lot of the crap out there is a big thing. The sleep seven to nine hours for sure is a big part of that. Um, exercise three to four times a week, I say minimum every day. If you can just break a sweat is always, you know, going to be beneficial for you. But, I, but I think something really that, that, um, is overlooked at this time is just kind of being a man as far as standing up for yourself and standing up for your beliefs and speaking out and, Maybe going against the grain and saying things that aren't really politically correct in these days when every single time somebody – a guy stands out, he gets crucified by say the media or his friends or his peers or women. Like this is almost like – and I don't want to sound like you know, this like – I forget the term like MG toe or something like men going against women or something. There's some stupid thing going out there like a, a whole movement of that. I don't agree with that. But what I do agree with is being a strong man, being a leader, standing up because – 
a lot of we're, we're lacking that as a civilization. A lot of guys are too afraid to speak up and be a man and and do what's right because they fear like the repercussions, they fear getting some backlash of it. So I think it's now more important than ever to to make your voice be heard. And you know whether people agree with you or not, they're going to respect you for at least having your own beliefs. I, I'm, I, this is great. I'm glad we're going here because this is sort of a philosophical question, right? I mean, we, we've, um, I'm 37 and, and, you know, uh, uh, I think the time has shifted in, in my, in my childhood into adolescence and into my adult life, like being the term, be a man, be a man is, is a term now that somehow has this like negative connotation, right? Of course, if you're telling a, a four-year-old boy who's crying, be a man, that's a problem. Don't yeah. do that. That's that's toxic and gnarly. Yeah. But the fact that when you, you even talking about being a man, being a strong man, having an opinion, it I, I mean there, there's there's this like dark cloud around even asserting that that's important. You know, toxic masculinity, whatever that means. Like is masculinity under attack? And and for me, it's a difficult it's a difficult place to be because an, as an advocate for men. As you know, with with the podcast that you've done, with the with the press that you've got, with the work that you do every every day, there's it's this like fine line between honoring sort of the divine masculine and not being an asshole. Like how do you, how do you think of how do you think of that fine line? And and do you think that 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 masculinity in general is sort of under attack right now? Yeah, I, first of all, I do think masculinity is under attack, and there is. So there is a um, like toxic masculinity. That thing that there is real. Like you said, there's parts of that 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 are real and true. And you know they, that men's emotions get suppressed, especially from a younger age. Like we're told that we can't express our emotions and we always have to be tough. We always have to be strong. And you know we're weak if we say that we're hurting or we're weak if we cry. And you know those things are toxic. And I'm actually not somebody who's like super like you know you have to be manly. You have to be this. You have, like some guys are like that. I'm not one of those guys. But what I am and what I have kind of sort of become over the past few years is someone who just stands up for men and their rights because I feel like they are being taken away from us. I feel like we are under attack. I feel like just being a good man and being a man is something that a lot of people like look down on. Like we're be becoming more feminized. We're becoming more like women. And I love women probably more than I should. Like, <laughs> like women, I love women and I love their energy. I love being around them. I actually, some of my best friends are women. But and women are great, but they have their style. They have the things that make them women. They have their femininity. They have their, you know, vulnerability. They have their ability to socialize and communicate. They're way better at that than men are. But then on the other hand, we have our strengths as well. We're great leaders. We're strong. We're, you know, tough when we need to be. We can also be vulnerable when we need to be, but we're also there to lead and, and sort of show women and other people the way, like kids, children, women. We're, we're there to, to, show, to sort of show them the way and be that strong person that they need to be as just like a, an energy wise. We can have those weaker sort of qualities and characteristics, but in general, being strong and being manly and being masculine, those are great things as well. It's just like those things are being shut out completely and it's making men just like all messed up in the head. They don't even know how to act anymore. They don't even know what to say anymore. They don't even know you know what to believe anymore because they're being fed all this information like all that shit is bad. But that shit is good. You just got to, you know, kind of balance it out a little more and have some of the other side as well. But, you know, don't be afraid to be strong and, and masculine as well. Yeah. Well, well, give us some ideas, um, putting you on the spot, but but give us some ideas about how how men can be manly and honor their honor, their truth, honor their, you know, uh, their their birthright 
as men, uh, how can they do that without being, without being threatening? How they can, how can they do that without, um, alienating others? Like, give me some, give me some examples of some ways, um, either situationally or story via story that where, where a, a man can, can be a man and honor that, that part of himself without, you know, triggering others or freaking other people out. I, I think the best way, and there's, I'll, I'll bring up a couple different situations and sort of examples in a second, but I think the best way is to just be, first of all, to, to, to not stray on the side of being an asshole and, you know, uncaring and just someone who becomes like that toxic version of yourself. You got to obviously consider other people. You got to think of other people. You got to be compassionate for other people. And especially women, you know, the opposite sex, if you're on a date with them or whatever, or especially children, like when you're raising a child, you have to think of that child, you have to put yourself in that child's situation or put them, put yourself in their shoes and that woman's shoes and just kind of see things from their point of view. That's the first thing that I think you have to keep in mind, not just with this, but pretty much anything when you're interacting with other people in life, you got to consider their, their emotions and how they're feeling and how your actions are going to affect their emotions, their feelings. A lot of people overlook that first point, but if you have that in mind all the time, it's really tough to then, you know, go about this way and be an out. Like you can't just, you know, go and, and do everything you want without consideration of other people, because then, yeah, you you do become an asshole. But if you have them in mind, then you can go about it like I'm being a strong person. I'm being the man I'm supposed to be. I'm being the leader that I need to be. I'm being the head of the household that I'm meant to be as a man. And, you know, that might not be politically correct either, but it's true. As men, we grew up for hundreds of thousands of years, our ancestors, and men were the leaders of the tribe. Men were the leaders of the family. Men are the leaders of the household. You got to be strong. You got to stand up. You got to fill those shoes and be okay with that. And you also, I think another thing you have to do is be okay at first, especially because this kind of skill or this, not even skill, but characteristic has been lacking in men. I think you have to be okay with being uncomfortable in the beginning with doing these types of things. Mm. You have to be okay with saying different things and then like, you know, people kind of not really agreeing with you in the beginning. But if you stand strong behind them, if you don't back down, if you don't cower down from having different sayings and beliefs and ideas that you bring to the table, if, you, if you're strong and you can stand by those things, people will fall in line and they'll start to listen to you and they'll start to believe you and they'll start to be like, all right, this is the person – that I want to be with. This is the man I want to be with. This is the father that I want to have. This is the guy that I want to be around because there's too many of those people lacking in society. But if you can stand out and be one of these guys and just be strong, it, I mean, people will fall, fall into line and they'll also appreciate and love you more for it. As far as examples go real quick, just like little things throughout the day, uh, some, some things that come to mind, like if you're on a date, opening the, the car door for a woman, most guys don't do that anymore you know, holding the door open for someone walking into the post office, an old lady with like most guys will just like, you know, leave the door and just keep walking and slam it basically in, in the old woman's face. Um, paying for the bill when you go out to dinner with the woman, like those things, like, she, like guys are expecting like women to split now. And I'll go out on dates now and it's like, oh, you want, you want me to split the bill? And I'm like, absolutely not. Like, no, I got it. Like, it's not, I'm not trying to like bribe her into liking me. Like I've already shown that, you know, I'm a cool guy throughout the time and I don't mind paying. It's just like a little thing where it's like these old traditions of like men kind of being a leader and, and, you know, showing the way those have kind of gotten lost. And like a lot of these women are like shocked when like, you know, I'm like, no, I'm going to pay or like, no, you don't have to split the bill. Like I got it. Like, you know, little things like that, where it's like, you're kind of bringing the older school chivalry of being a man from say like the fifties and sixties and our grandfathers, like with, I mean, even our fathers, like what they went through 
that stuff really doesn't exist in 20s and 30 year old men anymore. It's just kind of like forgotten or lost or looked down upon. Women will say it's like, you know, it's like the feminist thing. They want to be strong. They want to be they want to be independent, which they can be. But you don't have to kind of trample on how men's traditions have been to have those things. Yeah, well, and, 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 and I mean, if it's if it's authentic and and it's uh, and, it, and it allows for the this like the date example, you know, if you're giving if you're honoring the the the, the woman that you're on a date with and giving her space to to order for herself and and like like speak her opinion and disagree respectfully and and honor her power uh, as a woman as long as it's done in a way that's that's tasteful and not domineering not to control not to manipulate but just to like just to like be to be in your power and to allow someone else anyone else even another man like to be in in their power then that to me seems like that's okay and and that that to me sort of boils down to a level of of respect it's not to an end like you said it's not to manipulate or connive or anything it's just like hey i'm going to do me this is how i do me uh, here i am i i respect and honor where you're at too but i i i, I think you're right i think that that's that's gone it's gone away and it, what it does is everybody loses there don't you think yeah i really think i i think you nailed it dead on and um it just reminded me, I was dating this girl like three, four months ago for like three or four months. And she's on the, I won't even say what, what side I'm on, but she's on the opposite, total polar opposite side of politics than I am. Like totally opposite. We're, we're completely different. But, and she was like, well, it's interesting because she, she actually liked me because in the beginning she's like, all right, well, I can kind of see you coming to the middle and like seeing where I, we can like agree and meet in the middle and stuff. And she's like, a lot of these guys that I dated were on my side of the political aisle. But like a lot of them weren't letting me speak my beliefs. They kind of like were on the same side as me, but they also like didn't want me to be independent and have my own thoughts and beliefs on that side. So it was like I was like, cool, like I didn't agree with her on a lot of issues, but I would come together and meet her in the middle and let her have like everything she wanted to say, like her her freedom or independence. She wouldn't have these different ideas. It was like, that's totally cool with me. I have no problem with you being on this side of the aisle. I'm just I'm on this side, but I'll meet you in the middle and we can have like a reasonable discussion, debate, whatever you want to call it. And it worked out great. Like we had a great time for a lot for three or four months. It didn't last you know, forever, but we had a great time for a long time. And I think it was because of that respect. There was always just mutual respect. And it was always like I can say whatever I want and you can totally say whatever you want. Mm, yeah, yeah, I, t- I could I could totally picture that, right? Like, hey, I'm on your team, but I'm the one with all the ideas, right? Like, let's we're we're both yeah. on this together, but really, I'm the one who knows more. So, mm-hmm. versus, hey, uh, we disagree, but that's okay because we can have this conversation and it's interesting. You know that 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 sort of that sort of nonviolent conflict, right? Disagreements, like we can't have those anymore. We're not allowed space to disagree, yeah. right? Like. Totally. And, and, and that and, and that creates this this really tricky dynamic where again everybody loses if you can't if you can't have a disagreement and still respect somebody right uh, then then we're in trouble man yeah um, it's scary man. How, how do you how do you I'm thinking about self care right and self love you know you you shared with me that you're just moving and you're under a lot of you're under a lot of stress you're you're making you know you're fixing little stuff at your new place you got people coming in and out like. I'm I'm going through the same process and and I wonder about what self care and self love looks like looks like for you. 
That's a great question. Right now, it's pretty terrible the last couple of weeks <laughs> and today. <laughs> but in general, it's it's really good. It's um, a lot of time to myself. It's a lot of time. I do meditation every day, no matter what. It's you know at least 30 minutes of meditation every day. It's the gym four to five times a week. And uh, you know, like I said before, I'll, I'll try to break a sweat no matter what I'm doing. I'm like, I move stuff in boxes all day, so I broke a sweat for, you know, I got my workout in a little bit today, and I went to the gym last night. But it, it's it's all those things that we talked about earlier, plus it's meditation. It's time for myself. I got a guitar in the corner over there. I'll sit and just take a break for an hour and, and practice guitar, or, you know, I'll, I'll look up a documentary that I wanted to look up on, you know, Netflix or YouTube that I haven't got a chance to do. It's just like taking times and breaks throughout the day, because I do, I'm, I am, I've known and I've come to realize over the past couple of years that I am a workaholic. And I just love to work. If it's up to me, and probably you're the same way, Sean, but if it's up to me, I'll just sit there and bang out like 12 hours of work straight. Just do one thing after the other. And so I keep working and working. But I realize it's like it, the um, the ROI there, the return on investment is far better off if I actually take breaks throughout the day and will just give myself time like the meditation to do. And sometimes I do longer ones, like an hour, hour and a half, or the guitar playing or just riding a bike outside, like just having some fun and hanging out with some friends for a little bit, going to the bar, go to the bar at least, you know, once a week now and have a few drinks like beers just to kind of de-stress and relax and socialize. I always give myself time to just enjoy what's happening. Of course, reading and kind of like self-improvement that's always a part of it as well, but it's always making sure I'm taking breaks from work and just kind of having some fun, just enjoying it. Yeah. What, one, one theme that keeps coming up with, with, you can imagine the optimal performance, you know, I'm talking with, you know, just world-class performers, researchers, biohackers, you know, um, what keeps coming up is this idea between like elite performance like being the best that you can possibly be, right? Like competing with yourself to be the best possible version of yourself. And you've got to do all the things, right? You've got to sleep well, you've got to eat well, you've got to exercise, you've got to meditate. The, there, how do you think of the dynamic between like striving to achieve and be your absolute best against being peaceful and being happy and being okay in the moment, having feeling nourished, feeling happy, right on board, like complacency versus like optimal performance. How do you think? How do you think about that? It's a really great question. I think that um, I think that a lot of unfortunately, this might not be the answer people want to hear, but I think a lot of top performers, like elite, elite performers, the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, these billionaires out there that, you know, the Tesla, the um, Elon Musk of the world and uh, Bill Gates of the world and the Buffets and the even Cubans of the world. I think a lot of these guys, um, they grinded for years and years and years and they did these 12 hour days and they did, you know, nonstop, just hustle, hustle, hustle. Steve Jobs is very similar as well. Probably hustled more than all them guys. But um, I think a lot of them, and this actually Steve Jobs comes to mind because I just saw a quote, I think last night, it was like his last words on his deathbed were like, the guy was worth $10.5 billion or something. And he's like, I, um, all the money in the world, I can't buy another day of life. Like I'm about to die. I think he had cancer or something, heart disease. But he's like, all the money in the world, I can't buy another day. What he was kind of saying is that he wasted a lot of his time. He's got $10 billion and he's got all these great accolades and, you know, this great company, but he's got no more life left. And he kind of missed out on having those moments that 
you know, like I just talked about a moment ago, like enjoying life, taking time for yourself, taking those breaks, going to the bar with some friends, going for a bike ride, playing guitar. I don't think he really did those types of things. And I think at the end of the day, although he was very, very successful, a lot of these guys very, very successful, I don't think that they're really happy. I don't think that they're really fulfilled inside. I don't think because their bank account, you know, has a billion dollars in it or a hundred million dollars in it, that that actually equates to success or what life is really about. You know, they hit a, an incredible level. We should look up to them in certain ways, but I don't think overall that they're well balanced. And I think to be well balanced and to be happy and kind of go after the things that really matter in life, you need that type of thing I'm talking about where you're giving yourself time to take breaks and relax and spend time with your family, your friends, because, you know, your kids are going to grow up fast. Your time is going to go up, you know, fast. You only got 60 years really to do like work and to enjoy life before you're too young or you're too old to really enjoy it. And um, time just flies a lot faster than people realize. Yeah, yeah, I can attest to that for sure. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you know who knows if he could if he could redo it, what he would might what he might do differently, right? I know that like the relationship with him and his daughter was really strained. Um, um, you know, I wonder if I wonder if it's a daily habit or a weekly habit, right? Because he was a meditator too. Uh, you know, I, I wonder if he wished that he had better relationships, you know, um, deeper friendships, um, more spiritual awareness, you know, uh, I, I think, I think for people who have that drive, you know, that, that, that you and I have, and then that, that a lot of people that listen to this podcast do, it's like, I have this drive to achieve. Like I really, I want to be my best. I want to be smarter, faster, stronger, more successful. Um, and at the same time. <laughs> Uh, you have to have these 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 habits that nourish you in some way, so that you're not looking back in the rearview mirror and thinking, "Man, I kind of missed the boat, right? I should have should have should have spent my time a little bit more wisely." Um, yeah. Uh, what book are you reading reading right now? Book I'm reading right now is uh, I'm kind of jumping around from a couple of books. I kind of usually do that with my ADD mind, but um, I'm reading Cleanse the Hill, which is the uh, with um, Anthony's latest book. I'm also reading uh, 1984, the Orwell book. Orwellian, it's a good time to read that. Um, I haven't got I'm on like chapter two of that book. I haven't really picked it. I got to really actually get into it. And um, I was just reading the hell was that book? But, uh, uh, that's it that I can come to mind. There's another book I was just like literally about to start and I was like, this is pretty good. I forget the name. But yeah, I usually jump around. It, it, um, you know, to be honest with you, this is more of like the Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs sort of um, failing in, in what I think. And when I have these conversations, it kind of reminds me too. But I feel like I read a lot too much self-help, like the, the yeah. too much like guided towards this shit. So it's like, most of my reading the last few years, like five, six years, has been like all self-help. Hmm. And I'm actually a fiction person. I grew up with fiction. I love. I used to read – we had this book reading contest in like the fourth grade or something, fifth grade. And I read like 55 books in like three months. And everyone else read like maybe 10 or 15. Like I blew – like I'm just, and it was all fiction books. So I'm like naturally a fiction guy. I love storytelling and I feel like I, I've been trying to consciously like get more back into that is like, again, like that nourishment for myself, not because I'm trying to learn like sales or, you know, business shit or, you know, health stuff. Cause I know like a lot of that stuff and that stuff's good, but I think too much of it's like, I'm more like, sort of like 
like focus on the analytical shit as opposed to just like, you know, the enjoyment of it. So I do want to kind of get more back into that. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully this will be a reminder to, uh, yeah, it's a good reminder to to crack back open 1984 and, um, dip into Aldous Huxley or Orwell. Um, uh, which, which, which people organizations, um, living do you really look up to? Like, who are you inspired by? There's a few people. Um, I'll be honest, organizations, I can't really think of any, but people, sure, there's a, there's a bunch. And um, Anthony is certainly one of them. He's probably, he's kind of become a mentor too. Like We're sort of friends um, where like I'll reach out to him and stuff and we'll talk a little bit and he'll give me some advice. But um, Anthony is one of them for sure. Um, I mean, I don't want to get political, but there, there's a political figure that I do look up to. I, I do, uh, I do like, you know, some politics, and there's there's a couple of people in politics I really enjoy, and um, there's a couple other business guys that probably people wouldn't even know that uh, I've met along the way. This guy Frank Miniature as well. He's a guy. He's a NRA. Um, he's like a spokesman for the NRA, or he's part of. He, he runs this. Um, I think it's like American Rifle or something. One of the biggest. Uh, magazines actually in the country. He's like mm-hmm. the top editor for it. Frank, and he's a best-selling author, New York Times best-selling author. Frank Minitra, I look up to. Gary John Bishop, the guy, uh, Unfucked Yourself, the author. He blew yeah. up the last couple of years. He's a friend of mine as well. I look up to him a lot. He's just a cool, badass guy, but he's also very, he's also very, like he, he has, I mean, that's the name of his book, so you can imagine yeah. how he talks and like, you know, how the book is written, but he's actually just a really cool, down-to-earth, like mellow guy, and he's just wicked chill. He's always been that way. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, Sean, you, you've interviewed some great people. I've interviewed a ton of guys, like, on the show. Um, Robert Green was another guy, too. We kind of became friends. I interviewed him, like, three or four times. Cool. Dr. John Gray was another guy. I yeah. mean, he's a brilliant, brilliant man. I've had him on the show, I think, four times as well. And we just kind of became friends from doing the show and, you know, all the stuff that he's accomplished. And a guy like that, he's got so many different fields where he's, like, a master. And, like, he's just a genius, brilliant in so many different areas of life. And it's like, wow, how does this guy become successful and, like, all these different areas, it's very impressive. It's almost like he's a polymath, you know, in, in a way, because he's just, you know, been so great in so many areas. So guys like that, you know, people I look up to for sure. And, uh, you know, I just try to emulate them. Corporations and, you know, businesses and stuff like that. I'm sure there's some that I'm missing, but I can't really think of any. I, I, when it comes to, like, news and getting my information and things like that, I don't actually – So I was telling someone this the other day. I don't actually – believe in like news stations like say cnn or fox news or um you know the big ones out there huffington post like you know or different giant websites it's like i don't like because there's a lot of different things like sponsorships and different people that kind of get to these corporations or businesses that can influence like how they're making their money and then what they're disseminating for news or information whereas if you go to someone specifically oftentimes that person is just giving you the truth because they don't have someone like controlling their uh their um, dialogue. So I kind of choose people over, over businesses or corporations for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. It's harder and harder to find just the news, just the news, not, not, news, yeah, not exactly, not editorial, just like, here's what's happening when, with no, without my opinion, this is what happened. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's, it's almost impossible to find that stuff anymore. Well, as, as a testament to you and the work that you do and, and the work that I try to do too, is to try to pre- present people with information that will help them flat out. Like have, yeah. have great guests, have innovative thinkers, provide meaningful, useful information that people can activate on. Yeah. That's, that's, that's always, that's always the name of the game. Um, this is topical, uh, and, and, and 
people who listen to this podcast kind of know my opinion about what's going on in the world and, and uh, you know, uh, how I think of this this global, I'll just call it a situation that we're in. It's a situation. So my opinion aside, how do you see the world changing um, in the next, you know, we're obviously we're just a few weeks away from um, from the election. Um, that is going one way or another, something's going to happen there, which way, what sort of, how do you see things shaking out? Let's say in six months, you know, as we, as we go into the, the end of winter and into spring, um, do you see, do you see any improvements coming down the way when it comes to the way that we treat each other? Do you, how, how do you see this, all of this conflict, shaking out. I mean, you're, 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 you're right on the top of stuff, right? Like you're, you're a cutting edge thinker, especially when it comes to culture and, and, and the way people are. Um, have you spent much time thinking about how this, how the dust settles in this, in this sort of post COVID world? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. And, um, I'll be honest again, without getting like too political on this, I think it, it's going to go to, it's going to go one of two ways, it, you know, depending on who gets in, especially because the, the U S is the leading country in the world. Everyone else kind of follows their lead. But, um, I, I think I, I'm actually kind of worried about how it's going to go. And I'm optimistic, but I am concerned. It's going to go, it can go one of two ways. I think a lot of this stuff, depending on who gets in and again, I'm not going to say who I want, who I want or who, who it's going to happen, but, I think the lockdowns and all this stuff is going to continue if somebody gets in and a lot of these shutdowns, a lot of the chaos and a lot of the shit that's been going down is going to continue probably for another year at least, maybe just, you know, continue on a year, two years. And if the other person gets in, I think it'll probably continue for another three to six months and then kind of go away. Hmm. But um, as far as people treating each other, and by the way, I'll just state it. I, I was never a fan of the shutdowns anyways. I don't know what your take on this overall, but I was never a fan of it. And I'm still not a fan of it. And uh, I think more people have been harmed from the actual unemployment and the, you know, the, the shut, the lack of uh, access to food and water, especially in like, different countries. When you're talking like factors like a global scale, there's a lot of countries and people that have been hurt because of the shutdown itself. And I think in oh, like grand scheme of things, more people have been hurt from the actual shutdowns than from the, the uh, virus. Although the virus is a real thing, it's not like it's a fake thing, it's a real thing. But I just think, you know, weighing things out, it's been worse overall. But um, as far as like the treating people better and all that stuff, again, I think it kind of depends a little bit, not so much, but I think a little bit on, on who gets in. Um, but I also am kind of concerned about that as well. You have a lot of like, you know, media and all these stations and stuff like just portraying and kind of dividing people in like different camps of like black, white or like Republican, Democrat. Or, you know, men, women, like, you know, there's a lot of, like, things going on. And I think a lot of the, I don't know if, the, I don't want to, you know, get, like, crazy here. But I don't know if there's, like, a grand scheme, like, conspiracy thing going on where, like, they're trying to do that on purpose. But just looking from the outside, that's what's happening. Like, these things have been going on for the past four or five years, especially, maybe even decade. And it's just gotten really worse the last, like, year or two. But it's, like, I, I really hope people come together as, you know, black, white, men, women men, women, um, Democrat, like just come together more like and meet in the middle, just like that girl I was dating. Like I said before, we were totally opposite sides of the spectrum, but we came together and met in the middle. And that's where the beauty was. Like we had our d debates and arguments and all this other stuff, but we still like loved each other. Even though it was three, four months, we still actually loved each other for like who we really were. Like the politics aside, that politics doesn't make somebody, it doesn't identify, it doesn't make your identity. It's just something that you believe in. It's a belief that you have and that's okay if other people disagree with you. 
And that's okay if somebody else who's black has this opinion about life or someone else who's white has that opinion about life and they have their beliefs because that's what they grew up in for 20, 30, 40 years and that's what they saw and that's what they experienced. It's okay for people to have different beliefs, but coming together and meeting in the middle is, is really where the beauty happens. It's what life is really all about is understanding people and getting over those like differences and just finding the, the love and the, the commonness, the commonalities of, of what you really do have together. And I, I really hope that, that in the next you know three to six months, we can find more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, honoring, honoring our differences, embracing our differences rather than allowing that to, to dictate how we treat each other. Yeah. I hear, hear. Um, before I ask the last question, which is a fill in the blank question that I ask all of my guests, um, tell people where they can find you, where they can find the book and what can they, they can expect to, to learn from the book. Cool. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Uh, so go to elitemindbook.com. It's called elite mind here. I'll hold it up. And, um, it just, it'll take you right now. Right now, it'll take you to the Amazon link to buy it. And then I think maybe by the time this comes out or within like the next few weeks, we're going to have a little website. We're going to throw in some bonuses and stuff for the book. So elitemindbook.com. And the book is really all about – It's a, first of all, it's about anxiety, depression, and then gaining that confidence and self-belief in yourself. So you overcome anxiety, overcome depression. And the end of it, I show you how to get belief in yourself and confidence in yourself. And it's really putting all those things together. But it's really about cultivating what I call an elite mind. And that is just the ability to overcome whatever comes your way. Like you know, what, what problems, setbacks you have, challenges, having that mindset of like, all right, here's a problem. It just hit me. I wasn't ready for it. I w- it was unexpected. It knocked me on my ass. But I'm going to get back up because I have the strength. I have the internal strength to know that I'm going to get past this. I'm going to do whatever I can, Sean. You're the same. You can do all the research that you can, look up all the information that you need and find the solutions out there because the solutions are out there. But you got to find them first. And then once you find them, you got to do everything you can to apply that every single day and you'll overcome any problem that comes Mm -hmm. your way. And that's really what it's all about, having that elite mind or elite mindset. That's nice. That's good. I mean, we could all use some, some, uh, some insight right now, how we can improve the way that we think and improve. I mean, talking about de- depression and anxiety. Oh man, I, I really hope, I really, really hope that people find the resources that they need that really resonate with them. Right. Because once yeah. one, one, you know, personal development framework, um, works for some and, and, and may not work for others, but, but just to seek it out, like, read the books, like read the blogs, listen to the podcast that can help you and resonate with you. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I think a lot of people are gonna need a lot of tools, man, for, for anxiety and depression. Um, and, and your, your story of overcoming that, you know, um, sort of coming out of your cocoon and, and, and really expressing yourself is such an inspiration. And I think that, uh, especially guys can, can take a lot of, uh, from it. So, um, I ask all my guests uh, a fill-in-the-blank question to end uh, end the episode, and so this can be based on anything and everything that you know. It doesn't have to be specific to any one sort of focus, um, and you can either elaborate as much or as little as you like. Uh, if you would, please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing that you can reverse any chronic disease out there. nice that's good awesome uh well okay now now i gotta know i gotta know what uh what what was the what was the chronic disease that you had that uh that anthony helped you with yeah we we didn't we didn't even touch on that i forgot to um so honestly i I just kind of revealed this to my audience a few months ago too but uh for the past 
well, three or four years I was struggling with it in the past like two years before that I did everything I could to get past it what, what it actually was was it was it was very early Parkinson's very very early Parkinson's like before it actually became Parkinson's like where you you know my, my grandmother actually had full Parkinson's Muhammad Ali Michael J Fox they all had like the tremors where you're shaking you you can't stop like you can't talk I mean your mouth stops working you just lose like muscle control bowel moves all that shit I had super, super early form of that. Like, you know, it was crazy. We don't have to dive into all that shit, but it, it was very, very, very early. And uh, it took me a good year of the strict diet and it reversed it. And ever since then, I've been getting better and better. Just, you know, and right now I feel great. Well, I'm like that... 99%. Oh, man. Well, if that's not a good enough reason as a cliffhanger for people to go listen to your podcast, <laughs> I don't know what is. I mean, uh, yeah, there's lessons, man. Justin's got Justin's got some solutions for you guys. Uh, this has been really great. Uh, I really uh, I've enjoyed this this conversation. I feel like we're you know we're sitting at a bar right now having a beer. Yeah. Uh, this has been good. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it, man. Nice. That was good. Yeah, that was awesome, man. That was fun. Thank you. <laughs>